0: There is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone.
1: Things are only impossible until they are not. Welcome to the Captain's Chair, a podcast on all shows in the Star Trek universe on the Fangirl Zone. I'm Chief Engineer Steve, and joining me on this mission into the unknown is...
0: I'm Sean fangirl S.
2: And I'm Richard Dave, and today we'll be discussing Episode
1: 1 of Season 3 of Star Trek Picard. Well, that was quite the opener. Yeah. <laughs> Initial reaction, Sean?
0: I liked it, and all I kept thinking, though, was very Godfather. Every time I get out, they keep pulling me back in. <laughs> And of course, and I've said it before... Yes, Jonathan Freaks. So I'm like, oh, he's so cute still. Yeah. <laughs> My husband's like, are you serious? I'm like, yes, it's his eyes. It's a girl thing. Fangirl, woo!
3: Dave?
2: Oh, I really liked it. thought it was a lot of fun. I mean, last year you could see familiar territory, but that was, to me, it was so dry. You know, I'd get back in space, and now they are. I found one thing in the aftermath of the show that I was unexpected that there were so many font fanatics out there. Yes. <laughs> Did really? you see the Yes. Did you see the font? Check out the font. I'm like, everything I read when I was like, check out the font. Yeah, I get it. I saw it. Anyway, I really liked the episode so much, even though we're not rating it. If we did, I would give it four out of five Riker, Riker elbows to the face.
1: <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it, too. It was a great opening that was not expected. And Beverly Crusher is a B.A. <laughs> Crushing it. Yes. That was amazing to see her handle that phaser rifle and just go to town on those two baddies. Yeah.
0: I have one thing to say, though. I did not realize, and apparently it was announced and I just missed it, that it was the final season or, yeah, final season for the series. Yes. Wait, what? No. It's like, seriously? How, How do I know when you don't know? And I'm like, but I want more. Yeah. Well, it seems like a lot lot of the cast
2: want more, too. Uh, I think it was. What's the name of Beverly Crusher's real name? Gates
1: McFadden. Yeah. Another of our old. From Sleepy Hollow.
0: You know, of course, my husband had no clue what I was talking about, but that will change Starfleet and his old crew forever. Written by Terry Metallis, Akiva Goldsmith, and Michael Chabon, and directed by Doug Aronofsky. Wait, you just said it and I screwed it up.
1: Aronofsky.
0: Aronofsky, okay. That sounds really Really ominous. I'm just throwing that out there. Yes. Like normally (laughs) we get one sentence for these recaps, and this one makes it sound like hold on to your hats because it's gonna Mm -hmm. get crazy.
2: Yeah. (laughs) All right, who's up for going into the twenty-fifth century? Good. I want to go to the 4th and a half. Dodgers in the twenty-fourth and a half (laughs) century Overshots of a Nebula. I don't want to set the world on fire by the ink spot is a, a nice edition. I really liked it. On those classic ones a little before my time, I must yes. say. Here <laughs> we get an Earth style vessel appears, the SS Helios the 12th. Helios is the ancient Greek personification of compassion and clemency. An angular alien spacecraft approaches. A montage reveals artifacts inside the ship. They include crates, orchids, a string of pearls, and a pair of theatrical masks. I, I thought I collected junk, and I do. Yes. <laughs> 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 a computer plays the Enterprise D captain's log for star date 43996.2. Star Check next generation season three upon Alec Both World, which was incredible. Yes. The voice of a younger Jean-Luc Picard, Patrick Stewart speaks of the Borg. Additional items include a plaque recognizing medical achievement, a case belonging to Lieutenant Commander Jack R. Crusher, and a half empty glass of Romulan Ale. I-, I didn't think in this show there'd be any half empty glasses of Romulan Ale yeah. anywhere, maybe pretty empty bottles. Turbulence causes Dr. Crusher to awaken the computer alert. Hull damage, reports hull damage, and an unauthorized docking. You'd think it'd be some type of sensor array to let her know. Yeah. No, but, oh, wow. Well, a power Even outage. Before frust-
0: they got there now. Yeah.
2: Yes. <laughs> I mean, they always have sensors on these ships. A power outage frustrates Crus- Crusher's orders to activate the warp drive. She must have a hand crank warp drive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do they have to count down. Are you kidding? The voice of another person wonders how they were found. Crusher quickly locks this unseen individual in a room, diverting all power to the warp core. She arms herself with a phaser rifle. Intruder alert. Elios is boarded by a pair of armed, hooded figures. It's the witness. Yes. They appear, they appear to be wearing bird skull masks. Well, that was pretty ominous. It's, and that's the first thing. Twelve monkeys, the Terry Metalis thing, so why not make a derivative scary looking mask? Yep. You know what? Yeah, Terry. Yeah. So Crusher exchanges fire with them in a corridor. And she exhausts a power cell and in the crossfire destroys several artifacts. Oh no, my stuff! She eventually succeeds in, in defeating them both. You know, I, I don't always wonder about the weapons and why would she have it like a shotgun one? Right. Like this limited. I mean, those things never run out of ammo, but Earth did, wouldn't you know? However, more ships approach. The warp still hasn't uh, charged and Crusher prepares to send an encoded subspace message to Admiral Picard. Ilios jumps to warp, pursued by the craft.
0: I love how it, like, knocks off the one that had uh, docked with them. It just kind of right. like, yeah, like, yeah. floats away. Speeds
3: like, off, yeah.
0: Like, maybe you could have used that in their warp. Who knows? But they'd probably track that, too. But whatever. At Chateau Picard on Earth, Picard and Laris taken the painting of the Enterprise, Enterprise D that hangs in the office. I was like, oh. oh. And thankfully, yeah, something my husband actually recognized from
3: the Yay. series. Right.
0: <laughs> A non Star Trek person who's getting into this. So, hey, baby steps, right? Picard suggests giving the portrait to Commodore LaForge. What? LaForge is Mm -hmm. running the Fleet Museum. Laris subverts this effort. I love it. Do not touch. Yes. (laughs) Picard is relocating to another planet with Laris. He's ready for retirement. You already know. It's like, really? Are you? Yes. Discussing the artifacts in his office, he holds the. Resican flute from The Next Generation season five, The Inner Light. I swear that was much sooner than ep- or season five that I read, but.
2: I-, I can only imagine a-, a million people watching the show going, the flute. Okay. Yes!
0: Picard refers to the object as memories. He says he doesn't want to be defined by his past. Oh, and Lars
1: gives him the eye the awesome. right there.
0: Right? <laughs> sure, you don't want your junk and collectibles as I look around my room and all of my collectibles right now. I am not a man who needs a legacy. Excuse me, I do believe we t- talked about this after the last two seasons. Right. In. So we'll um, see. What kind of legacy? But Picard says, I want a new adventure. Later, Picard sits at his desk writing letters and his attention is drawn by a sonic alert. The source is the comm badge, packed away with his Enterprise D uniform. I do love that. He's like, computer, do you hear that?
3: Yeah. (laughs)
0: Where's that coming from?
3: How should I know?
0: You're the computer. computer. (laughs) Located. I cannot. It's like, okay, well, you're a lot of help. Yeah. According to the computer, the message requires a passcode to be decoded. Okay. Card ponders before instructing it to use the codex Myriad. The recorded message is decoded. I am at a loss how he just went from, I don't know what this is, to Myriad. So, obviously, I've missed something along the way.
1: Right. But fill me in. Riker fills him in here in a little while.
0: But he just knew to try it.
1: Now, I'm sure that was the only encoding protocol that he was aware of, because mm. it went all the way back to Lacutis.
0: The transmission is of Crusher delivering coordinates and telling Picard not to trust Starfleet. She also includes the word Hellbird. I love it. Repeat it. Like he's going to just do it. And well, he did. Laris and Picard discuss the transmission in front of the fireplace. And might I add that Lars was awfully comfortable. She said there were no shoes on in her nightgown. It's like, hmm, okay.
2: Still looking for a bearskin rug. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's like, all right, look at this. But Picard Hi. explains that Crusher unceremoniously cut the Enterprise D crew off two weeks earlier. Well, that seems like a long time. And Laris suggests Picard might be the only person that Crusher feels she can trust. Draws on her intelligence officer background to assess the situation. Conclusion: Picard must answer Crusher's call. And you just seen the little look on Laris's face, like, ugh.
3: No. Yeah, this again. And yeah.
0: Lovers must part. Laris reminds Picard that these are the lives they've chosen. She tells him she'll save him a seat at the scenic bar on the planet where she's heading. Laris kisses Picard and leaves the room. Again, I just felt like I was out. I was out.
1: Yeah, a model yeah. of the Enterprise D sits behind the bar at Ten Forward in Los Angeles. Could it be the same one that Guinan? Gotta be. Captain Riker sits on the on the other side of the bar and he sips whiskey. Banner on the wall behind him celebrates Frontier Day. Bartender explains the model ships are for the holiday. Riker asks why there's so many Enterprise D models. And the bartender says, no one wants the fat one. That was just rude. Yes, very. Of course, Riker tells her, just leave the bottle. Card approaches him, and Riker ex- expresses his offense at the remark. Riker further laments his upcoming speech at Frontier Day. However, he says Picard's speech will be great.
0: Yeah, nice recovery. Nobody wants to hear an old coot do this. It's like, like, oh, yours will be great.
1: Card thanks for surrendering family family time, but Riker says Diana and Kestra will appreciate the time away from him. At a table, Riker says he hasn't considered a codex since an unseen event on Rigel 7. Card expresses his confusion at the word Hellbird. Riker easily explains, when Picard was compromised by the Borg, a computer virus infected the Enterprise-D. Using the same adding-three strategy utilized by that virus, Riker reveals new coordinates. It's the Reiton system, outside of Federation space. Both men agree that they need to find a ship, however, chartering one is out of the question. Picard says he can't put Riker in danger. Riker (laughs) asks, since when? Yes. (laughs)
2: Yes.
0: <laughs> now you get all the, this.
1: Yeah, Freaks get all the best lines in the show. <laughs> yes, he does. Then he says they're overdue for a road trip anyway. As the pair leaves, they are observed by an enigmatic figure at the bar. They drop an Enterprise D model into a drink. That was the last time we saw that guy,
2: too, right? Yep. I was oh, bound wow. to come back, but what the heck? So on to Metallus Prime. Ha ha ha! District six on Metalis Prime. Raffy wears the cloak. You know how I knew that wasn't a Romulan walking into the bar? How? Because if it was a Romulan cloak, you wouldn't be able to see him. Right. Get it? Get
3: it? Uh,
2: <laughs> uh, Dad, yeah. Dad jokes. Yep. true. <laughs> <laughs> Passes between people using drugs. That's a shame, you know. They gave up money, but now people are using drugs in the future. Great. She arrives at a bar where she purchases drugs for the second day in a row. Raffy almost leaves, but instead she begins talking with a dealer. Rafi says... He knows things. She acknowledges he's a bit strung out. Boy, would she, she sure did look like it. Yeah. She says her girlfriend left her. Uh, and a lot of people just fell out of the chair on that one. She started using drugs again. Furthermore, she said she'd been kicked out of Starfleet. but She says she's heard enough things that could get her back in.
0: My heart she, just dropped, though, when she said that. I'm like, oh, no. Right.
2: Yeah. that created some buzz on Twitter, too. Are they really broken up? She brings up a weapon stolen from the Daystrom Institute off-site station, Experimental Quantum Tunneling Tech. She says she could be a weapon in the wrong hands, naturally. She says the info about the incident could get her back into Starfleet. Rafi offers a large set of money for the information. The dealer accepts the money and says he's heard that something is going down with the Red Lady. Leaves and then pulls out a communicator from her cloak. Her demeanor changes. She files a Starfleet intelligence officer report. She requests a debriefing and more funding. For dropping the drug she has purchased on the ground, she stares at them for several long moments. Yeah, oh, yeah.
0: Got yeah, worried, I did. No, you're doing so good. Don't do it. Yeah, so right were there you guys prepared for that, or did you? Were you in the same boat, like thinking oh. she slept?
2: Oh, I th- I, she was pretty convincing that she slept. <laughs> like, oh my oh, god! Yeah, damn she was it!
1: Acting the hell out of that part.
2: Yeah, there's two figures I felt badly for in this episode. It was Raffi and Seven.
1: Yeah. But that,
2: uh, she almost blew it, I thought, too, when all of a sudden money, money shows up and, and the Orion's like, where's all this money coming from? Uh, she had to think quick, like, oh, you know, this is the end of
3: it. And then she has to get more. Yeah, oh, so, this is my whole life savings. Yeah. But that, That's the guy like became suspicious. Fell for it. Yeah. Sucker.
0: But he kept, like, grabbing her arm and, you know, she had to play hurt, too. <laughs> Crack. Lay you out. Good thing. Now we get to go back to Riker and Picard arriving by shuttlecraft to a space dock. Picard isn't sure about this plan, and Riker says it's less of a plan. Ruse.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Let's just go half-assed. It. Got it. Yeah. They're high-ranking Starfleet officers, and they're claiming to be undertaking a routine inspection inside the station. The sh- shuttle docks with the USS Titan A, Riker's former ship, but it's no new refit. But it's the new refit, Neo-Constitution class. The fleet is dispersing for exercises to prepare for Frontier Day. Riker says that Captain Shaw will need some convincing. But while Shaw may not be a friendly face, well, the first officer at least is. It's Commander Seven of Nine. However, Shaw prefers that Seven use Commander Annika Hansen. It's like, I'll use whatever name I want. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah, right. (laughs) And you. Definitely has a board thing. Oh my gosh, I was so ticked off. We'll get to that. Yeah. Seven welcomes them to the Titan. Picard and Riker play the part of the inspector as they walk past the assembled officers. I love how he he stops and, like, fixes one of those. That's great. Seven tells Riker and Picard that Shaw couldn't greet them, but will join her. Yeah, really? You couldn't greet them? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Like I told Dave before you got on. Guy in the
0: face. (laughs) Yeah. Riker yeah, when he, he
1: was Deacon, it. he was the same way.
0: Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, he's got a punchable face. Riker thinks this is terrific that he's not there, but Seven advises him to, well, lower him.
2: Wow, she said that dryly, too. Yes.
0: <laughs> On the bridge, Picard and Riker meet Sidney LaForge. I love it. It's like, is she okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was cheesing hard, like, staring at him. Riker brings up her nickname at Starfleet. Oh, yeah, wasn't it? Crash to a forge known for crashing. <laughs> oh, thanks, Riker. Yeah, I guess he was
2: never in charge of diplomacy.
3: <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> Picard instructs Seven to take the Titan A out of space dock. Once out, the ship prepares for warp. Seven informs Picard that informing engineering before jumping to warp nine point nine nine is no longer protocol. So
2: I got a question. Maybe Steve I can remember this What Was the was it the RathiCon ordered the Enterprise out? And they like scraped the side of the ship or whoever yes, it was. Yes. Yeah. Was that the Rethicon? I think so, yes. Yeah. And then like Bones is like, you want to <laughs> yeah. take something?
0: When we were watching it, Jason's like, they're not gonna open the doors in time. It's like <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. kinda that
1: was kinda close. Yes it was. Well, Picard Riker and Seven arrive at dinner. However, Shaw has already begun eating. Yeah, because he's meat. Yeah. Shaw explains that Picard's reputation extended so far into the room he started already. Wow. Yeah, this is going to be great. Yeah, Picard offers him a bottle of wine, Shaw accepts it, and then says he prefers another variety. (laughs) Kick. (laughs) Yeah. Then addresses Riker in order to insult the jazz music he purged from the Titan computer upon taking command. Oh,
2: he mistran with his block man.
1: Yeah. Shaw explains that he's not a fan of jazz because he likes structure and keeping tempo and time. Sounds just like Jellicoe. He further asserts that the Titan is in ship shape. Card and Riker tell him that they know that. As such, the Titan will instead be going to a new location, the writing system. Shaw notes it is at the edge of Federation space. Card says they'll finish at Deep Space 4. Oops. Oops. But Shaw counters that DS4 has been shut down for a year. Seven corrects him, offering Deep Space 11. Card cheerfully agrees. However, Shaw flatly states no. Shaw says he's commanded the Titan for five years and 36 missions. He didn't get here by changing course at the last second. Points out Picard is a retired admiral. And while Riker may be a captain, he has no chair. This guy's
2: brutal. got
3: such an
1: attitude. <laughs> yeah. Shaw says he loves reading about the exploits of the duo. However, he will be following his actual orders. Seven attempts to intervene, and Shaw says her loyalty lies with the ship, not with old friends. Former ex-Borg. Oh, right Whoa.
0: there. I was like,
1: oh, you
0: need to get punched in the
1: face. Time. Shaw leaves the room, putting the con in Seven's hand. Over his shoulder, <laughs> he offers an insincere apology for the short-notice accommodations. As Riker and Picard leave, they wonder how they can rescue Crusher under these circumstances. Picard says, short of mutiny, he isn't sure. Seven eavesdrops on the conversation.
0: God, ah, that attitude he had.
1: Yes. Yeah, I didn't make any friends. So yeah, he'll the... end up in the brig.
2: Yeah, <laughs> but this is my ship. I well, do <laughs> now you can command it from the brig, yeah. So aboard the uh, La Serena, docked at Prime, Rappi watches Holovids of her strange grandchild, her handler at Starfleet. Intelligent contacts her via secure channel. However, he appear via only text. Oh, you sneak. The handler yes. denies <laughs> Rappi's request for a face-to-face. This is uh, kind of what they went through in, on Andor. Yeah. Star Wars, sorry. Star Wars crossover. Rappi says she's at, at the end of her robe. She... Further states that the handler has no idea how hard it is to be in this world. Her handler states they do know. They illustrate this by using uh, details from Rafi's personal file, including her psyche, bell. Several details, including dishonorable discharge and substance abuse, are highlighted. The stolen weapon is an act of war. The handler surmises, you are a warrior. The handler suspects an imminent attack. Rafi is ordered to find the Red Lady.
3: Okay. That's
2: when everyone went off their gourd by saying, well, the handler must be... Uh, because he said warrior, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> no, me neither.
0: Yeah, I kept trying to figure out who the heck. You know, <laughs> was, like board queen, but different. Like, what is going on?
2: I have a tin hat theory. We'll get to that in a
0: uh, oh, Easter like,
2: oh. I thank Steve for <laughs> remind me. Yes, but I, I, I will, will remind you. I always thought you know, like must be coming back one
3: more time. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I know.
0: Next, we see the Titan and Warp, and Picard and Riker lie in bunk bed. Riker says it reminds him of his cadet days, but with more getting up to pee. (laughs) I'm watching this going, hey, it's lower decks. You just want to hear Boimler's voice or something. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It would have been great. Picard confides in Riker that he and Crusher didn't exactly leave on the best of terms. He said he never dreamed it would be two decades until they met again. Riker said, well, none of us did. Picard then asks, what if it's already too late, Will? Duo is then summoned to observation. And I'm just thinking the fact that they were put into those just bunk beds instead of whatever
3: quarters, yes.
0: Quarters, I'm like, he is all sorts of a dick doing that to them. Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that was oh a God. definite diss. This is all going in the report. Yeah.
0: Next thing we know, we see Seven asking for permission to speak freely, like she's ever had asked
1: before, really. Come on. Right, yeah. That's never been
0: not her thing no she demands to know what they're doing on the titan card admits the truth to seven they didn't tell her so she wouldn't appear compromised and well they don't want to compromise her career either seven says picard and janeway convinced her to join starfleet she wanted to inspire others but she questions how she can inspire when all she does is take shit from someone like shaw i have to hand
2: it to jerry ryan for like shaking with anger i made
1: yeah, you could yeah. tell that. Yeah, that oh, yeah. was definitely a button for her. Yeah.
0: That's something that they can pull that raw anger from. Want to know, but you don't. Yeah. The trio goes to the bridge. Seven has disobeyed orders and brought them to the writing system. Seven explains that the nebulous properties are preventing them from scanning for life forms.
2: I was just going to say, that's like a typical TV show. Where there's no cell reception. <laughs> Who, saw that? Yeah. Who saw that coming?
0: In a low voice, Seven informs them that in four minutes exactly four, the ensign guarding Shuttle 3 will be called away. Card thinks her, and they leave the bridge. In his quarters, Shaw awakens. He sees a nebula outside his window and gets up. Well, he's pretty pissed off. Yeah. He arrives on the bridge, and Seven admits they're at the writing system. Shaw (laughs) demands to know the location of Card and Riker. The Forge informs him, then, of an unauthorized launch from Shuttle Bay 3. Now, this was after he's like, lock it down! Well,
2: you suck. The the only thing I had a problem with. Oh, sorry. Go ahead and finish your line there.
0: Shaw threatens N Seven's career and he demands a full report. Okay, so do you want me to do the report, or are you going to fire me because I'm not (laughs) doing both. I'm surprised
2: he left her on the bridge. Want to send her to her quarters or think about it or something? He was such a dick. Put her in the brig. Yeah. The only thing I had a problem with is I always watch closed captioning, so I don't want to miss anything. There's a low rumble. and That's what wakes up Shaw. Right. Like what rumble for what? Somebody was at the. Garage door.
3: Talking to him? Yeah, I know.
2: There's no way you could hear that. First of all, there's no sound in space. Yeah. Never bothered uh sci fi shows. But what was it? The garage door? The shuttle after Yeah, the shuttle like door closed. R- I know a captain's in tune with a ship, a low rumble, like from what? Somebody was it uh, Archie Bunker flushing the toilet upstairs or something?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Dropping <laughs> out of warp. Uh... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's no way. Okay. Or the La Serena, Raffi searches for the Red Lady. She asks the computer to show upcoming celebrations. She rules out the Bajoran Gratitude Festival and the Klingon Empire Union Day. However, she selects Frontier Day. This culminates in an image of a news report about the pre-Frontier Day recruitment drive. It features an image of a red statue and the headline Rachel Garrett Statue Dedication Ceremony. Of course, Garrett was the captain of the Enterprise C, as seen in Next Generation Season 3's Yesterday's Enterprise.
0: Thank you. I had no idea who she was.
1: Yep. She know I thought thing. it was <laughs> the engineer on Voyager at first. I thought they were talking about the Red Angel. Yeah.
2: Then I thought, then they showed this before and after pictures for her, and they go, oh, that's right. They used to call her Spike
1: for that thing that was sticking out
2: of her forehead.
1: Yeah. Bad joke. Additional <laughs> images featured the Enterprise F, Heading for early decommission and the Voyager B, Raffi orders the computer to chart a course to District 7. When the Lost Serena arrives, she attempts to open a channel to Starfleet recruitment. She says that she believes they're under imminent threat of a terrorist attack. Before any response is received, a portal weapon activates. portal appears beneath the Starfleet recruitment building, and the entire structure falls down into it. A few mm. moments later, a second portal opened high up in the sky and a few blocks away from the building's former location. The remains of the building fall through this portal, including the red statue, landing mm. on top of other buildings. Destruction is immense, and Rafi can only look on in horror. I
0: think we all oh, kind of looked
1: on in horror there. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was
2: pretty horrible. <laughs> all
0: I kept thinking <laughs> was, was, like, they have a giant portal gun.
2: Ooh. The only nitpick ahead with this is that she's trying to. Rafi trying to contact a recruitment center. what well, shouldn't be? You know, you can't get out of space dock without contacting the dock master. It shouldn't be? She's approaching the plan. Shouldn't be like clear me for yeah. approach or something like that. Nitpick. pick anyway. Someday they're gonna put me in a nebula on my own.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the shuttlecraft arrives on at the Helios Riker and Picard admire the breathtaking nebula. The sensors indicate that there is either one or two biosigns aboard the ship. One matches Crusher. She needs help. The shuttle dock. Aboard the this, music continues to play. No one turned that thing off? No. Nope. Okay. Picard identifies it as a compilation of classics he created for Crush in lieu of wine and roses. Well, that was your first mistake, buddy. Yeah. They find Phaser Fire and postulate the number of intruders. Hey, okay, maybe that's a little nod to Sherlock Holmes. Right. Riker asks if Picard has ever seen ashes like this before from Phaser Fire. Picard moves to the next room. A figure holding a Phaser rifle appears behind Riker. Meanwhile, Picard locates Crushers. He's in suspended. Animation? Riker enters uh, At Phaser Point he's being held by an unidentified individual. Picard says, They're here to help. The stranger asks what makes him think they want their help. Picard says that Crusher needs medical attention. However, Parker uses the distraction to disarm the stranger. Picard says he should have known Crusher wouldn't cut outside the galaxy just to protect herself. Ding ding hints are like coming out like crazy. Yes. Yeah. Riker asks who this is. Her son, the stranger says. Card is dumbfounded. Oh, my God. I love that face. Uh Uh-oh. But
0: he was kind of dumbfounded.
2: Let's see. She's been gone for 20 years. She's mad about something. And this guy looks to be about 20. Yeah. (laughs) I love face acting without, you know, and that was brilliant. He's like, yeah, not saying it's his son, but you never know. I brought it up to somebody like, you know how old they were. I'm like, come on, man. 24th century. Who cares how Beverly and Jean-Luc were? So. Carcer's not accusing them leading their pursuers straight to them. He says, they keep finding them, and each time they have different faces. A menacing ship, Shrike, emerges from the nebula and approaches the mist. I'm
0: like, wait, is, a, is it a bird of prey? What is it? I'm like, wait, that's something I don't think I've ever seen before. What is that? I was like, no.
2: <laughs> it's a spiky ship. Spiky, spiky ship. Bad guys like to use spiky ship. before you joined us on air. I was telling Steve how, like in Babylon 5, the Shadow Warcraft were all spiky and stuff. Did you ever watch Babylon on fire, Sean. Oh. Remember the Shadow Warcraft? we were awesome. The first Chris Pine, you know, the Kelvin timeline. That thing was right. full of spikes. Dope. bad guys equals spiky shit there. Yep. <laughs> so what time is it? Hi. Easter Egg. Easter Egg time.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: so there was a lot of connection to Wrath of Khan. I heard some announcements recently that they believed Wrath the of Khan was the perfect film. I'm like, look, now I've been, that's been stuck in my head <laughs> the last few days. I'm like, is it? Anyway, Star Trek Picard begins with the blue text on the screen with the word "in the 25th century," which directly parallels in the opening of the Wrath of Khan, began in the text in the 23rd century, in the exact same font. So, yeah, what are you, a fonties? Those what people call fonties out there now. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, God. I'm a fonty. We clearly hear notes from Jerry Goldsmith's first contact score here as the action transition spots. Oh, all right. This is uh, one of the things, the sunspots. Did I mention that already? No. No. Whoa. Oh, okay. Well, back in the day, Brent Spiner cut an album, and he called himself Old Yellow Eyes, instead of yeah. Old Blue Eyes, like Frank's. Yep. Anyway, so he cut an album in real life with him on the cover. I think he wore a fedora, and he could see his yellow eyes because, you know, Data. Yeah, now that's that's trivia. Yeah. I, I, now I'm going to have to go on the internet to see if I can find a copy. Yeah. <laughs> All three seasons of Picard have begun with Old Standard, season one with Bing Crosby's Blue Skies, and season two with Irma Thompson's. Time is on my side. So there you go, everyone. Another classic for you. Yep. And in the interior of the SS, Elios gives us a slew of deep cut references all about Beverly Crusher. In less than a few seconds, we see Beverly's pearls from The Big Goodbye, flowers from Cosmic Fact, drama, comedy mass, a reminder of Beverly's love of the theater, which references the nth degree, frame of mind, disaster, and a fistful of datas. There's also a very deep cut here about the award. It says Cora Corale Phi, medical away team, honorary citizens. This is a reference to a classified mission, which we never saw that John Luke spoke of in the episode Allegiance. Boy, these guys dig deep. Yes. Funny enough, in that episode, featured a botched date between Beverly and an alien doppelganger posing as Picard. Ouch. And now he's not even real. Right. <laughs> oh, I'll never get over that. A closed a close container that seemed to have belonged to Beverly's late husband, Jack Crusher. Also, uh, we get Picard's log from the best of both worlds. And so what? A half uh, a half glass of wine with the nail? You know you're on the run when you can't finish your, your glass of Romulan ale. That yes. should be the first thing you get done. Just as uh, Beverly wakes up to an impending attack, we hear Picard's captain's log from the best of both worlds, specifically the references to hiding the Enterprise in a dust cloud. That's a Con type of thing, too. That, that shoots the fact by the end of the episode, Riker and Picard will head into a nebula. You catch a glimpse of some of the blue liquid on the table, which also be a glass of that Romulan nail. You know, you could, if you went out to the Hilton, uh, you could buy a six-pack of Romulan nail. In Vegas. <laughs> Honest to God, yeah. Bones first introduced us to Romulan Ale and the Wrath of Khan, proving that the Enterprise Doctors have a great taste in space booze in any generation. Space booze. Yeah, yeah. Scotty, was, I was gonna say Scotty was
3: an
0: ex- expert <laughs> in space booze himself. The next thing are going to tell me is like, we're going to get like, booze from around like, every area. I mean, we already had Romulan Ale. We had Chateau Picard.
2: Solar Rain Brandy. Yep.
0: They didn't. It
2: could have been just the whiskey whiskey. What
0: else are we going to get? And now it's all in just one episode. Come on. Right. Get us all drunk. He's a drinker. The Next Generation. The title of this episode is pretty self explanatory. But this is the first time that live action Star Trek series since Enterprise ended in 2005 has actually displayed its episode title on screen. And in quote, the music here again borrows from Jerry Goldsmith's. First contact score with a bit of Jeff Russo's title arrangement for the first two seasons of Picard. Laris and Jean Luc are doing some spring cleaning at Chateau Picard at the top of the episode. As has been the case in previous seasons, we see several Easter eggs, including Picard's painting of the Enterprise D from his Ready Room. Who retrieved this from the Wrecked Softer section? From mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: He just it up. Yeah.
0: The Reskin Flute from Inner Light. Promillion Battle Cruiser in a bottle from Booby Trap, a Golden Enterprise D model, a huge pejoran symbol, the nice Nicegoes from the Chase again. Who went back and got it from the
3: Enterprise Kron- <laughs> D? I mean,
0: apparently rummaging through. Yeah, I he sent scavengers.
2: Yeah, it was Bosch. Bosh went on an archaeological dig. Yes.
0: <laughs> Riker and Picard talk about the celebration of Frontier Day, which memorates 250 years of boldly going. I feel like I'm right? really bored about that. Yeah. This is not the birthday of the Federation, which is actually a tiny bit younger than Starfleet. The Federation was founded in 2161. Wow, that's not that far off. I think nope. we've got a lot of ways to go before we get to that yes. point, though. Which we saw in the final moments of the Enterprise episode. These are the voyages. But Starfleet predates the Federation by several decades. Picard season three takes place in roughly twenty four oh two in the twenty fifth century, which means Starfleet is celebrating something that happened during the first year of the NX01 Enterprise in either twenty one hundred fifty one or twenty one fifty two.
1: Rigel seven Card and Riker quibble about whether or not they got their comms compromised on Rigel Rigel <laughs> six or Rigel seven. This doesn't reference any TNG episode we've seen. However, Rigel 7 is the planet that Enterprise had just left in the cave, and where Captain Pike had fought an alien giant in a ridiculous castle. <laughs> it's basically the first strange new world in all of Trek Canyon. Yeah, great callback. Yes. M Talis Prime and the Master. when we find Rafi undercover on a crime planet, it's called Metallus Prime, named for showrunner Terry Metallic. Later in the episode, the voice of the Dockmaster who welcomes Picard and Riker to the tight is the voice of Terry Metala. Did you guys catch the
2: uh Space Nine model hanging from the ceiling
1: over
3: yes. Yeah.
0: No. Never going to watch again.
1: <laughs> in the Daystrom Institute, Rafi is obsessed with figuring out what was stolen from an offsite Daystrom station. This question will be end up being one of the biggest MacGuffins in Picard season three. And even when you think you know what it is, you might be wrong anyway. Word Daystrom comes from Dr. Richard Daystrom from the original series episode, The Ultimate Computer. In that episode, we learned that Daystrom designed most of the computers that Starfleet ships rely on. Card Season 1, the Daystrom Institute on Earth was central to that season-long story and introduced the character of Dr. Girardi. At that time, B-4's body... Data's twin brother from Nemesis was stored at the Daystrom Institute.
3: Blue mm-hmm.
1: skies. Yeah.
2: So, we continue. When Raffi gets in touch with Starfleet Intelligence, intelligent, she busts out a classic flip-up communicator. The style feels closer to Enterprise era than the, the original series, but it's a great moment, and you can get those, too. I really want one. Yeah. <laughs> Why would Raffi use an outdated communicator? Well, maybe this is a 25th century equivalent to using a burner phone. I like it. Yep. Works for me. Is this a good time to bring up the tinfoil hat theory, or are we getting into oh, that? Oh yeah, might as well. I may have mentioned it before. Philippa Giorgio, and that you'd have to stretch time. We all know how everyone gets. I mean, Bones, Bones, and Scotty were all on uh, the next generation, next generation episodes. You know, for cameos. Yep. And they're all almost, almost pushing two hundred years old. So could it be the evil Philippa Giorgio that's the handler, or then uh, this is the tinfoil part? never did see where she got sent back to in the future so we have no idea where in the timeline she might and I think it would be awesome if it would be revealed as the contact I know everyone said probably Worf but he said warrior but I think they teased us already that uh, Worf is kind of a peacenik yeah
3: peacenik like a beatnik
2: yeah (laughs) yeah. oh you never heard of a peacenik oh yeah
3: no I
2: have not that was a real thing uh oh just showed my age (laughs) yeah (laughs) when uh Pike I said Piker. Yeah, when Piker and Rickard head for the Titan, the episode goes into warp 9.9999 with Easter eggs. Here's everything. Picard and Riker's journey to the Titan references Kirk and Scotty taking a travel pod in the motion picture uh, movie. The design of the space dock itself references the famous Starfleet space dock designed by industrial light and magic, and first seen in a search for Spock. Even the interior of the space dock is similar, and the doors are identical. Picard and Riker are pretending to perform an inspection on the USS Titan, which references the Wrath of Khan. When Kirk was doing a real inspection of the Enterprise, the music in the scene evokes uh, James Horner's score with the Wrath. The Neo Constitution class references the Constitution class, the class of ship which included the original NCC-1701 Enterprise. you are always seeing a new model because they're tinkering with the warp nacelles. Yes, they're always. Been, I don't. I really don't like the surfboard type of nacelle. Right. Of course, I grew up with the twinkling, you know, lights at the, at the front of the cell. So I thought that was classic. Right. And when they started screwing around, they like, hey, where's my spinning lights? Yeah. So the bosun whistle used to announce Riker and Picard's arrival is the same exact uh, design used in the Undiscovered Country. Titan is a reference to Will Riker's command of the ship of that same name, first mentioned in Nemesis and then seen in Lower Decks, the Yes, I always, I always giggle when I see lower decks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so the Titan is not the same ship as the Luna class ship from lower decks, but Starfleet do use many of its parts to build a new one. The word Titan references many things, but also by Quinson references Titan City, a time traveling city from the sci-fi version of Terry Metalis's Twelve Monkeys. We yep. got that in our first look at that. Wow. Seven of Nine taking the, taking the Titan out of space dock is reminiscent of SAVIC piloting the Enterprise out of space dock in Khan, but also Valeris blasting Enterprise out of the gate of the undiscovered country. <laughs> Before leaving space dock, Seven mentions that a metaphasic shield is ready. He, he can't ups- upset Picard like that. He has no idea what you're talking about. Yes. This <laughs> <laughs> references the next generation. Generation episode Suspicions in which Beverly Crusher cleared the name of Dr. Rega, a Ferengi scientist who invented this type of shield.
0: Wow, we're really pulling stuff from everywhere. Oof,
3: I know.
2: Yep. I, I, know. I, I think it's somebody's job to sit there for a year and see how much stuff they can pull out of. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Sydney LaForge, played by Ashley Sharp Chestnut. Sydney is one of the two daughters of Jordy LaForge. Her name comes from the TGN finale All Good Things, in which Jordy mentioned he has three kids, Alandra, Brett, and Sydney. In All Good Things, Picard could not remember Sydney's name. He's on a roll. He can't do it in this episode either. <laughs> Sydney, Sydney's uh, presence could also reference the moment in Generation when Kirk learns that Sulu's daughter, Demora, is the helmsman on Enterprise B.
0: Now, isn't she Family. really his daughter in real life, too?
2: Well, Yeah, I guess we haven't seen her yet. Right? I
0: thought, no, I thought Sydney was actually LeVar Burton's daughter in real life. But I swear I read that. I could be wrong.
2: No. Okay. What? no, his daughter is on the show.
0: Oh right. okay.
2: we'll be on the show, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so no, Ashley said. Sharp Chestnut is uh is the name of the actress, that's correct. And we will see the actual daughter
1: okay. uh come on the show too. Yeah, you'll we'll play the other daughter probably. Yep. <laughs> okay,
0: I must have misread. I was like, What? His real daughter's playing his daughter?
2: <laughs> she'll be she'll be there. I've seen the uh, promotional pictures.
0: So Captain Shaw, he's jazz. And Riker, <laughs> yes. and the board. I'm sure there's a lot of Ands there. Yeah, yeah. Todd Stashwick plays Captain Liam Shaw. Easter egg to Twelve Monkeys, since Stashwick played Deacon in that show, don't you? Anyway, Shaw mentions that he doesn't like jazz. A dig at Riker, who loved playing jazz trombone, since Next Generation episode one one zero zero one zero zero one. I knew I was going to screw it up if I didn't do it slow. Yeah, <laughs> Shaw. Also has an outward dislike for Card and Riker and references their wildly exciting and equally irresponsible adventures. Sounds like a mom, just like I'm so disappointed in you. Yeah, yeah you fight,
3: you fight the Borg.
0: Right? It's like, yeah, you know what? You wouldn't have made it, buddy. Anyway, they could have referenced any number of things because, well, yeah, there was a lot. Though his quip about crash landing probably is a direct reference to the Enterprise D crashing on. Three in Generations. He's a jerk no matter what. See, Rafi. Research reveals a new Enterprise in Voyager, mm-hmm. and Voyager as Rafi frantically tries to figure out the beating of the Red calls up a screen of the upcoming holiday events. This includes the Gratitude Fest, which references a and Gratitude Festival first introduced in Deep Space Nine episode Fascination. But if you pause the next screen, Rafi looks at you'll see, dun-dun-dun, a ship called <laughs> Voyager 8. Enterprise F with text that says slated for early decommissioning. Yeah, you know what? I'm just seeing, you know, the fleet coming together right now. Yep. The Red Lady turns out to be a statue of Captain Rachel Garnett. This references the Next Generation episode. Garrett. 8.
2: Rachel Garrett.
0: Oh, sorry. Rachel Garrett. My bad. This references the Next Generation episode. Yesterday's Enterprise, in which we learn that Rachel Garrett was the captain of the Enterprise C. You're
1: just looking at your rings. <laughs> and where that Tasha gets her honorable death. Yeah.
0: Final moments of this episode reveal that Beverly Crusher has another son.
3: Dun dun. Who, my, the
0: Danny bee. We need a little more.
3: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> the moment this is revealed references a similar flight in the rap. Similar fight. Right. Mm-hmm. The moment this is revealed references a similar fight in The Wrath, in which Kirk is fighting with Carol, Marcus's son, David Marcus, and doesn't know it.
3: Yeah. Both have that stunned
2: look in their face, though. <laughs> huh? <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. And there are several Easter eggs in the credits of every episode of Picard Season 3. Great. So now we really got to pay attention. Yep. However, breaking down all of them might lead to spoiler territory for the rest of the season. Let's just say it's impossible or possible. That many of the things you see on the screen here are more than Easter eggs and perhaps hints to what's coming. Do, do, do. That said, there are a few notable big Easter eggs that are simply fun and probably not spoilers at all. I don't know. Could it yeah. not be a spoiler? I'm starting to wonder. The Fleet Museum on 8th and Prime. The planet 8th and Prime is references. The planet Aethan Prime is a reference to the character Aethan Cole from 12 Monkeys. In that series, Athan was played by Battlestar Galactica fan-fave James Callis, who also appeared in Picard Season 2 as Jean-Luc's father. Toward the end of the credits, we see the words, Picard 47 Alpha Tango. This was Jean-Luc's special command code for setting the auto-destruct to the Enterprise E in First Contact. I think these are going to come up again.
1: Very possible.
0: Picard Season 3 lists the cast names, credits rather than in the beginning credits. This includes the name Jonathan Frakes appropriately next to red alert graphic.
3: <laughs> I know. <laughs>
0: leg up on it. Chair alert. This red alert is that Riker's catchphrase? Does anybody say it better than Riker? I don't him him in the chair. That probably a close second, but that's all after the main closing credits, the text on screen for the very end of the episode uses the same font from the next generation's closing credits. This is the first time a live-action truck series has you fought since 1994. That's get a long out. time. Yes. <laughs>
1: well, I went out, touched base with Fred this week to make sure he didn't forget that Card was starting this week. But unfortunately, we have yet to hear from him, so that'll probably be next week when we get his Episode 1 feedback. Steve, did you use the right codec? Yes. Okay he sent the wrong one yeah he, he yeah. replied that he wasn't un, hadn't been uh, hiding underneath a rock this season so <laughs> he was on top of. Well, oh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on each and every episode this season. Our deadline for feedback is 10 p.m eastern every Friday during the season. You can send your feedback via email or audio to contact us at fangirlzone.com.
0: You can go to www.fangirlzone.com and click on the contacts link where you'll find all the ways to get a hold of us. And there are several ways to get a hold of us through social media. You can check us out on Twitter at SalyerSteve, Steve at the real underscore ID underscore Dave <laughs> and at shadow 528 or at FGZ Podcast.
2: Please review and rate us on iTunes. Good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us, as there are a lot of Star Trek Picard podcasts out there. Are they close to the writing system like we are? No. Well, tell your friends that I hope you like our podcast, and don't forget to check out the other
1: great Fangirl Zone podcasts. The second episode is on February 23rd and is titled Disengage. <laughs> so until then, remember. I'm
0: Sean Fangirl Did nobody think the Red.
1: I'm Chief Engineer Steve. Besides, aren't we a little overdue for a good old-fashioned road trip? Yeah, baby.
2: And this is Redshirt Dave, and I was so excited for this episode that I had an unexpected rupture of DeLorean gas. Excuse me.